What is Big Leaf Professional listeners? It's your boy Edwin coming back at you for another episode of the Kruger Dissection. And today I'm joined by a very special guest. That guest is Planet Vertigo. Say what's up. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Pretty well. Pretty well, pretty well. Well, you know, uh, I'm very glad that you could do this. Uh, it's good to meet you. And, you know, I'm. All of your work recently has just been really exciting and really thrilling to hear. So I'm glad I get to speak with you. Thank you. That means a lot to me. Uh, I'm very excited to have the opportunity. And then with, does this count as like your first interview? Yes. Nobody's ever asked me about anything before, any uh, anything about my journey or what I plan on doing. So I'm very excited. This will be very exciting um, you know, for both of us. All right. You know, so with you know, you already get into it. I'm gonna ask you know questions about your journey, questions about your future, and what is currently happening because I think it is very interesting. How does that sound to you? I'm down for whatever. All right, let's do it. So you know, first things first. Planet Vertigo, introduce yourself to the listener. Who are you? What do you do? Why should they care? <laughs> so I go under the name Planet Vertigo, although my real name is London. Um, I've always just had a love for music and I don't really care what my style is. I just make what I like. Um, I don't really know what to label myself, like under a specific genre, but, um, I think that for my age, I'm pretty good at what I do. Um, I think I write really good lyrics. Um, I think I could be better instrumentally, but other than that, I'm very proud with what I've come out with. And speaking of your age, how old are you? Um, I turned 16 yesterday. 16 yesterday, 16 on 419. Missed the mark by just one day, but happy That's late what birthday. I say, I'm so pissed. My mom said she wouldn't let it happen, though. She was like, my ex-fiance's birthday was on 420, so I can't do that. But So he ruined the whole mood. Thanks, dude. <laughs> Way to ruin it. For real. And with you being 15, you're still enrolled in high school. And, yes. you know, according to, to my extensive research, you go to a uh, arts academy school here in Las Vegas. Yes, I do. I go to uh, Las Vegas Academy of the Arts. Um, I'm a band major. I played the French horn there. Um, I didn't even audition with that instrument. They just stuck me with it. So <laughs> it's been a weird experience. And how does it feel, you know, going to LVA? Because me personally, like I auditioned. I didn't get in, so you know I'm curious. Like, how's it over there? Well, what did you audition for? I auditioned for a guitar. Oh, uh, um, well, it definitely has its ups and downs. It's very stressful. It's very competitive, but um, it's opened a lot of doors for me um, to be able to express myself as a person and uh, creatively. Um, everyone there is super nice, and everyone's really different. But uh, academically, it's very challenging. Um, ton of work and always having to keep up with concerts. And uh, in school and outside of school, I just got into the Philharmonic. So that's twice as much musical work. And um, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. What are you nervous for? Are you, are you nervous for the extensive years? Are you nervous that you might have, you know, a, a flute solo? What's going on through your head? <laughs> 
Um, I just never um, allow myself to believe that I'm good at what I do. Um, so there's just a lot of self-doubt of like, oh, I don't deserve to be there or everyone else is so much better than me. But um, I hope through like the music that I've made and put out, um, it's given me a little bit more confidence in my talent, which I'm very, very thankful for because I've never really been the type to realize the kind of talent I have. I do think you have uh, masses, massive amounts of talent, you know, like your your recent songs, the recent album that just dropped. I think it's amazing. And especially considering for like your age, like you're just getting started. You're not even in your prime yet. And if this is what you're already releasing, your your future is like the possibilities are endless. Thank you so much. That's insane to hear. Um, I mean, my first two songs, um, I, no joke, wrote the lyrics and recorded them in one day. And um, I didn't, I was so nervous, like my heart was pounding. I expected people to tell me like I was awful and that I couldn't sing, but people like really dug it. And so I was like, damn, guess I can't stop here. So I just made five more songs, um, released them, and it's gotten like 800 streams so far, which isn't too bad for the first like three days. Isn't too bad. Okay, I see you. could be better good yeah you you know just uh just a little, little uh, rusty on the edges and number wise you know <laughs> yeah and with going to our arts academy school you know you were saying how that's opened you know endless possibilities for you what possibilities what doors is that and do you feel like it helped like push you and motivate you to create your music Definitely. Um, there's a really talented uh, band at my school called uh, Desert Bloom, and uh, they're they're definitely going to be up there someday. And um, I, it's just really nice knowing that people in my school like support the kids within it when it comes to music. Like everyone I know that goes to my school, like we may have never even talked, but they always like hype me up about what I make because they appreciate what is actually being made they don't just hear something cool and like think oh that sounds good they really listen to what is put into it and the process that it took to make that you know that's great to hear and that's great to hear that you know even though lva might be a competitive scene it very much is supporting and everyone wants everyone to succeed yeah it's very inclusive and then you know how how is it there with like the jocks you know the dance majors you know Um, well, there are no sports at my school, so big surprise, but, um, the dance majors, they're all so talented. Uh, one of my best friends, uh, Jaden, she's a dance major. She just, she's always there. She's always making me feel like proud of myself and she always gives me the support that really pushes me to do better. So, uh, thank you, Jaden, for (laughs) being so kind, um, really means a lot to me. It's it's nice to see everyone like you know be there for each other. Yeah, for sure. You know, and with you, you know, releasing music, with you going to school for music, obviously that journey has to start somewhere. So you know, I'm curious, like, when did you like? When were you first exposed to music? What were you listening to growing up? Because I can see behind you, there's like a painting or a mural, a whiskey or go go, legendary venue with a Montley crew on the sign. Yes, sir. Um, my best friend Aaron and I did that back in December. Um, Molly Crew is one of my favorite bands, but um, I grew up listening to uh, My Chemical Romance, The Offspring, Nirvana, um, 
mashing pumpkins. I was just kind of all over the place. Um, I've always really stuck with like the 90s grunge kind of era. Um, I was wearing like uh, the Clash t-shirts in third grade. <laughs> so I've always been surrounded with that kind of music, which is funny because I don't make anything similar to that. But uh, yeah, I just I love music so much. Um, obviously, I wouldn't be the person I am today without it. Um, it just it really changes your life when you can appreciate it at a different level than just hearing it on the radio when you're younger. Um, Cause you really hear the small things that make songs great. And what made you be exposed to bands, you know, like Nirvana, Mike Cam and Clash at such a young age? Cause I didn't even like, I've probably heard their songs, but I did not know their names like in third grade, let alone t-shirts. <laughs> um, I remember very vividly. I was sitting on my mom's bed when I was like probably eight or nine and I was trying to put songs on my iPod Shuffle so I could go on vacation and like listen to music. And she was like, I have this song called Mayonnaise by Smashing Pumpkins. You should listen to it. So she put it on there. And I just, anything that sounds anything similar to Smashing Pumpkins, I just love so much. Um, maybe it's just the sentimental value that it has. But um, my mom had very good taste. She still does. But uh, she gave me like all of her CDs from college and she had like a Green Day and Everclear and uh, Sublime. So she definitely set me on the track. So I see that your mom was a little bit of an emo growing up, huh? <laughs> Surprisingly not. She didn't really uh, fit that uh, role. Um, she definitely did not look the part. Um, but in college, like one of her favorite albums was Dulcinea by Toad the Wet Sprocket. And um, that's definitely a different kind of music uh, genre. So I don't really know how she got exposed to that. I think it might have been from her roommate or something. But yeah, because her parents don't like music at all. Like they don't listen to music. Um, I took my grandpa to a concert and he fell asleep. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know where her love came from. But she has very good taste. Hey, college is a crazy time. You try, try you do crazy things. You experiment. Yeah, I, college makes me nervous, man. But I hope I get successful enough, successful enough that I don't have to go to college. So hoping for that. <laughs> yeah, take that, CCSD. <laughs> Last in education. You we fucking suck. We're terrible. <laughs> Can't disagree with that. <laughs> And then, you know, with you being exposed to a wide range of artists, you know, growing up at such a young age, when did you play music first come into, like, the scene? Because, like, you've shared videos of you singing, playing guitar, playing piano, keys. When did that all start? Uh, to be honest, I never touched an instrument until halfway through my seventh grade year. Um, I just moved here. And they, I hate Vegas weather because it's so hot. And they're like, well, you can either join band or PE. So I picked band. And the only instrument that was available was a trumpet. And then I broke that within like two weeks somehow. And then they put me on flugelhorn. And uh, I was just naturally pretty good at it. Um, I only had two weeks to prepare for my LVA audition. Um, and somehow I got in. I think they just saw the potential in me from what I'd done because I mostly had to teach myself because the music education at my school was very poor. <laughs> so, yeah, just that tiny little step got me. It just exploded from there. Um, I did take guitar lessons for like two months when I was seven. 
but uh other than that i never played any instruments or anything those two months went very far away <laughs> for real and then with you teaching yourself you know because no, going back to the audition you had to teach yourself how to like read sheet music in like two weeks <laughs> um i actually didn't even know what a scale was until two weeks before my audition um i don't know how i got in um i played this absolutely awful christmas music and keep in mind i was auditioning in april so that was very much not in style um so yeah i taught myself how to read sheet music um i taught myself how to like count rhythms even though i still can't sight read to this day but um yeah everything i've done all these instruments in my room i've taught myself how to play well, major props to you for like teaching yourself all of that complicated stuff in the in the matter of two weeks. Because I had, I had like two months to like learn how to read sheet music. I never learned, which is why I got declined. <laughs> oh, really? Did they make you do a sight reading exercise? They made me do sight reading, and I looked at them. I looked at the paper. I played one note, and they're like, "Okay, yeah, you're good." <laughs> like they I had to do it too. I could just tell but that's so impressive and also it's impressive the fact that you you know teaching yourself all the different instruments all the things that you played on your album and with you teaching yourself was it like a big youtube thing was it been was it like something like um musician was it just let me try this and see if it sounds good uh i did try musician um i don't remember what instrument i only really learned the ukulele on musician i tried to learn the guitar um but then from there i just looked up like tabs from my favorite songs um and just kind of learned it from there um i taught myself how to play all the different chords and i just i don't really practice to be honest i just play what i want to play like i can't play any skills off the top of my head but um yeah I just listen to music I like and then I play the music I like and that's what makes it enjoyable I like that I I like that you know mindset and thoughtfulness just whatever sounds good it sounds good whenever I want to play I'm gonna play exactly and I feel like that very much plays into your album because, you know, like you said, uh, you play what you want to play and you have a very hard time describing yourself. And I feel like genre-wise, quote-unquote, if we want to use that label, it's kind of, it bounces around a bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, my first two songs, they were vastly different. Um, Skeleton Earrings obviously was very, like, obviously it's about my girlfriend, but... Um, that was just like soft guitar, simple drums, but then Art School Heartbreak, I literally just took a uh, weird kind of effect pedal for the guitar and I just played random notes and I just called it a day. And like I made this really distorted, like very quiet uh, voice or a vocal. And originally I did plan that song to be like kind of like an angry song on electric guitar, but I was just experimenting and then None of my songs really sound like those first two, in my opinion. Um, none of them really seem like they'd be made by the same artist. But uh, I think it's just nice to not feel like you have to conform to something. Because um, I think that people like not expecting or not having an expectation for what's going to happen. So hopefully that 
<laughs> is why people like me so much. I, you know, I get, I see what you mean with the whole, like, not having expectations and wanting to surprise people, you know, give them a left hook when they were expecting a jab, you know. <laughs> Definitely. And then with your, you know, with your album being released, I'm curious, like, where does the name Planet Vertigo come from? Because it's one of a kind and uh, it's a, I feel like it's, I feel like it's interesting. I definitely get that question a lot. Um, so I have very, very vivid dreams, and sometimes I can't tell what's real life and what's just in my dream. So I hear songs in my dreams that don't um, actually exist. And so um, in just one of my dreams, I was, like, walking around, and there's this flyer that was, like, playing a vertigo, playing tonight. And, like, in that same dream, I went to this show, and they're playing all these different songs. Like, I don't remember the lyrics, but I kind of remember how, like, the guitar or whatever sounds. And so I try to replicate that because I feel like if it doesn't exist, then that means it's something that I've created myself. So that's where a lot of my songs come from, actually. So what you're saying is that you're very experimental with drugs. <laughs> Surprisingly not. Um, I'm on, like, different, like antidepressants and they just they mess with my dreams it's so weird I never had dreams until I started that and then they're just so strange there's like 16 different plots to my dreams that's that's very interesting and it's <laughs> I find it very fascinating the whole you hear songs in your dreams that don't exist and then you recreate them and you also saw your future musician name in your dream yeah which kind of makes you think do you believe it's like a sort of like foreshadowing thing do you believe it's what your inner conscious is desiring um when i was growing up like you know i always wanted to be a musician i always wanted to be like some badass guitar player but obviously like i don't stick to just one instrument so it's just kind of weird knowing that like one day, even if I just play like a tiny show, I'll feel like little me would be really proud. Um, and I feel like that's just what keeps me going is because I feel like I wasted a lot of years of my life trying to do what I didn't want to do to please other people. And now that I have complete freedom, I just go at it. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I think it'd be pretty sick if it did. <laughs> Well, you know, I very much hope that it does work out. And, you know, it's cool that you, you, you're trying to make, like, little you, the inner child, you happy because it's, it's what you wanted for years. Yeah. And then with your releases, you know, your first release being Skeleton Earrings and then le leading up to your album release, which is titled Runner Up, I'm curious, like, when... Like, obviously, like, you started hearing these songs in your dreams, but, like, when did you first, like, thought to yourself, okay, it's time to sit down, pull out my computer, open some random DAW, and turn these dreams into my future? Um, I always wanted to do it. Um, I used to make, like, uh, just different covers where I just set my phone down in front of an amp and, like, stitch it together using, like, a, I think it's called BandLab or something. And it never sounded good. It was just some low quality, like fuzzy sort of thing. Like I did Where's My Mind by the Pixies or, you know, just those basic songs. But then I 
I begged my parents for an interface and they bought one for me. And so literally this, the day I got it, I uh, came out with Skeleton Earrings. Because I'd had the lyrics written for like ever. They were finished. Um, I was just really scared to ever put them out because I'm always scared of what people think of me. But um, thankfully, I've kind of gotten over that hump. <laughs> well, I'm glad you have gone over that hump because now you're releasing, you know, great material. And, you know, like the world deserves to hear these songs and the world deserves to hear your voice. Thank you. And then with, you know, you new recording skeleton earrings in, in an entire day. <laughs> Is that is that what your process for the um, album was like? Was just okay, songs are already written. Now it's time to put them into, you know, the studio. Or was it an actual like writing process? Like I have this idea, and I need to write it down. I need to write out the chorus, write out the verse. What do the lyrics need to be? Um. Well, usually I uh, I can sit down and just write it all in a one sitting. Um, at least that's what I did with uh, Bloodstains. Bloodstains actually originally didn't have the uh, second ending, um, but I was like, this doesn't feel complete. So I wrote, you know, an ending or whatever and pushed the song over like the three minute mark. But um, the only song that I really struggled with writing was Tylopram. I'd sit at my uh, piano and I just write whatever came to mind, but I never really liked how it flowed. Because I realized I was just trying to like mask what I was really feeling. Um, but then I realized that maybe through speaking about my personal struggles that people will kind of find comfort in that. Because I know that's what I did when I was younger. Like I know that sounds cliche. But like when I was growing up, I listened to a lot of 21 Pilots. And um, their music obviously is very reflected on uh, Tyler's mental health. And I've struggled with that for most of my life. And I was like, maybe... I can comfort other people the way they comforted me. And with you, you know, struggling with depression, as you said earlier, antidepressants and other mental illness, um, would you say that, you know, your music is a way of expressing yourself and with you trying to help other people, but at the same time try to help yourself? Definitely. Um, it feels very nice to get things off your chest that um, you feel like you can't really say. Because I always like to do things in the most, like, artistic way possible. And I really struggle to open up to just, like, one person, one-on-one, -on -one, and, like, having to talk in the moment. So I just found that if I just write it down and put some, like, pretty music in the back, that it feels like I'm not as, like, strange or abnormal as I feel just because of the way my brain works. And, um, yeah, I think it does go both ways. It helps me and it helps others. But obviously, you know, with mental illness, uh, yeah, it helps you, helps fuel your creativity and it helps, you know, you be able to get your emotions out. Uh, I know personally that at the same time, it very much also is very heavy weight on your shoulders, very much a dread and very much the one thing holding you back from doing what you love. Yeah, um, I have had actually all these songs written since uh, January. But it was just so hard for me to, like, pull myself together to actually, you know, sit down and record them. And then one day I was just like, man, I know that I'm like, I need to get something going here because I feel like I'm letting people down. Because I, I told them about it, like, months, months before I even started recording. And so I just got on this kick 
after months of feeling like awful and like I didn't have any really kind of fuel to record because it does take a lot out of you especially when you just can't get something right that's really critical um but yeah when I get a kick I really go at it so I recorded uh most of the songs in probably like a three-day window um bloodstains definitely took longer I could not get the guitar part to sound right because it kept sounding twangy so that song probably took four or five days uh my fingers were throbbing but people really seemed to like that song and uh, I'm really happy about that. It's just cool to know that people listen to what I've had written for months. You know, and, you know, congrats to you for getting over that hump, getting over that time that probably sucked ass and was terrible. And, you know, being productive and getting your work out there. Thank you. Yeah, it, it was difficult, but I'm really proud of the end result. Um, I'm really hoping that one day I can obviously make something that I actually like mix. I don't mix any of my songs. I just, I don't know how to, um, I just kind of mess with like the settings of the guitar or whatever to make it sound a certain way. But, uh, hopefully one day I'll learn how to mix and produce actually good instrumentals. And then I think that'll really boost my music. And with you, you know, being able to get over that little hump, what would you say that what's something that, helps you with like your you know your mental illness and whenever you're feeling down for the listener out there that may be struggling with the same and with you already trying to you know help their voice get heard and help them go through it what's something that helps you that might help them um one of the things that helps me a lot is even if you don't want to get out of bed and go somewhere do it like I I never believed I was like that's so stupid like if I don't want to do something how's that gonna make me feel better but my mom would get me out of bed and drag me to like the record store or crystal store and it just instantly makes you feel better um it definitely has gotten me through some of my toughest times just because you don't help yourself when you isolate yourself and you just kind of brood and feel sorry for yourself even just like turning the lights on in your room when you're sitting in the dark helps um i don't agree with the whole just go outside and get some fresh air thing that's literally the dumbest thing i've ever heard but um i mean everything works differently for other people um i just like listening to music and going out and just hanging out with my friends when i can safely obviously but um it's the things that you don't want to do that usually do help that aren't like stressing you out like doing schoolwork or whatever reach and now it's a long time a long time (laughs) 16 years and counting for me personally oh you're 16 too yeah we're we're the same age oh nice okay i had no idea yeah no i'm not some like 40 year old guy (laughs) what high school do you go to uh i go to west tech and korea technical academy oh what do you go there for business wow look at you Hot shot. I know. I failed LVA, but I got into West Tech. It's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I mean, I guess you're getting a head start. I'm not really learning much by uh, learning how to play a French horn. So at least you're learning about life. Yeah, I mean, like a a French horn, it's very useful in life. You know, you got um, (laughs) which instrument's the French horn again? Let me pull it up. Hold up. Uh, Google Images French horn. 
It's the weirdest looking thing. It's a. Uh, I think if like when you stretch out all the metal, it's like thirty. Feet oh, long. it's that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's this one. Yeah, it's pretty strange looking. It just sits on my floor all day. Dude, I've always been obsessed with how these look. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's difficult. To well, to move on from a depressing topic, and I know we mental health, I mean French horns. Um, what does the thing. future look like for Planet Vertigo? Because I know you already said earlier, like, if you play just one show, like, it'll make you extremely happy. But, like, is, is playing shows uh, something you see yourself doing in the future? Do you see it, you know, you doing yourself with backing tracks, getting a live band involved? How does, it, how does the future just sound? Um, I mean, obviously I want to play shows. I have no idea where to start, though. That's the main problem. But um, for some songs, I would have to have, like, a backing track. But um, I have some really insanely talented friends. And uh, my friend Noah, we uh, only met a few weeks ago, but he's an insane self-taught drummer. And um, hopefully he'll get to play next to me. Um, I'll probably play, like, the guitar myself. I have yet to play, like, bass in any of my songs. So if I ever do, obviously I'll need someone to cover that job. But um, I'm pretty good at playing and singing, I think. So I could probably get away with that by myself. Plus, it, it really stresses me out when I'm the only person up there. Like I still get stressed out when I play in a group of 50-plus people. So I think I just have to get over that initial fear to really get the confidence to do it. But uh, you don't know unless you try. You gotta give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, shoot your shot. Aim for the basket. Make a goal. Can tell you play a lot of sports. I don't. My school doesn't have sports either. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, we don't. We don't have sports. We have frisbee golf. Oh, zooey mama. Yeah, we got the um. Yeah, white boy sport. <laughs> white you boy, have white the boy, most intense boy. sport ever. Damn. Well. Uh. <laughs> well you know with you already playing ahead of future shows or already making connections that's great to hear and you know i look forward to one day meeting you and seeing you on that stage of a local venue well thank you yeah i, I can't wait for all this covid stuff to be over and i mean i don't care if like five people show up uh, a crowd is a crowd in my opinion but uh yeah you, gotta start somewhere and you can't really get anywhere if you just sit in your house all the time and don't try to get your voice out unless you're gorillas they're geniuses <laughs> yeah and it helps that they're little animated figures yeah no one cares what what's going on behind them i mean they're genius they can just go around living their life and no one has no idea i think that's my biggest fear is just not being able to live the way I want to because you know people coming up to you and stuff so like I want to you know I don't want to be like Billie Eilish famous but like girl in red level would be pretty sick just enough out there to get people to know your name but not enough to stop you from living that is a really good point that's a really good argument because I don't even know who girl in red is are you serious I think I've heard the name before. Damn. Because that sounds familiar. 
I never listened Maybe to Maybe just them. because I'm a lesbian, but yeah, I can't believe I've never heard of her. <laughs> well, yeah, She's great. I'm not, I'm not a lesbian, so maybe that's it. <laughs> they I definitely probably. think you're right. Um, with the everyone starts somewhere. Like look at Molly Crew, for example, playing Whiskey a Go Go, which is a very much just a local bar that a lot yeah. of bands started at, and some of those bands are now like household names. Yeah. Like Guns N' Roses. I've seen them in concert. I'm going to see Motley Crue in concert too this summer, which is pretty sick. Ooh. It's been a dream. Yeah. Well, that's amazing to hear. <laughs> Very excited to go back to a real concert. Hopefully soon. June 1st, if everything goes well. June oh, 1st. Yeah, I'll be right on it. I have concerts, I think, set for like as early as July. I mean, Motley Crue's in July. Unless they move that to 2021 or 2022. I don't really remember. But yeah, it it's going to be so incredible. Like I was set to see, I bought tickets to see My Chemical Romance when I was 13. And I'm going to be probably 17 before I get to see them. <laughs> it was that long ago? It was, I remember where I was. I was in, I might've been 14, but I was in math class and my dad bought the tickets and then I was like, oh my god, I have to wait six months, and I have to wait like two years and six months, so <laughs> damn, kind of came around and bit me in the ass. Damn, I tried buying those tickets too, and then I saw the prices, and I was like, okay, yeah, nope, never mind, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, hope, I don't, there's like an argument where it's like, will ticket prices drop because of the virus, or will they rise, and I feel like they're just going to shoot through the roof because everyone is dying to just feel normal again. Well, uh, speaking of the subject, if you saw the recent Bad Bunny price tickets. Oh my god. I I didn't even know people liked him that much. Neither did I. I was blown away. So I think it very much unfortunate truth, but I think it might spike up because you know, supply and demand, the change, you know, the business things, <laughs> yeah. you know, don't expect you to understand Okay, Mr. Business. Yeah, I, mean, I deal in stocks, tra- uh, day trades. Ever heard of Elon Musk? Well, you won't after I enter the automated car electricity <laughs> business. I don't know. What the fuck? Electric car business. <laughs> that man freaks me out, dude. His child? Who? That feels like abuse, honestly, to name your kid that. I mean, <laughs> the government did make him change it, but... They did? Wait, they legally changed his name? Yeah, I'm pretty sure the government was like, yo, like, you can't name your kid, like, a bunch of numbers. And he was like, well, shit, guess I'll do, like, some weird spelling that, like, still doesn't sound like English. Unless I'm, like, tripping or something, but I swear they made him change it for some reason. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'll touch it up right now. They changed his name, so instead of it being, like, XAEA12, now it's X A E A X I I, which is twelve in Roman numerals. Why are they so set on that name? Like, <laughs> doesn't really add up. Yeah, that's gotta be. Yeah, you're right. That's gotta be like child abuse. How do you even say that? Zaya twelve. He's had like some explanation where it's like, no, it's not twelve. It stands for, like, da-da-da-da in Greek or, like, Arabic. And I was like, then just spell it in Greek or Arabic. (laughs) I have no idea. Him and Grimes are just such a strange combination of people. 
bitches be bonkers, bro. <laughs> I mean, he's insanely wealthy, so clearly there's something in it for her. <laughs> Don't point. get me wrong, she's very talented, but very talented. he doesn't really have that much of a personality. I gotta agree with you, yeah. Uh, Elon Musk is funny Twitter guy, but really weird business guy that you just don't want to cross paths with. Yeah, same with Mark Zuckerberg. That dude just, like, his wife cuts his hair, and he's got billions of dollars. And it's just like, there's something that doesn't add up with him. Like, he's a genius, but he, ugh, man, I don't know, just the way he looks doesn't sit right with me. He's a genius, but he's a weirdo. And when you combine the two and you add money, yeah, it gets <laughs> it gets weird. It's a little messy. Very messy. Well, uh, Penny Vertico, aka London. Wait, are you British? No, everyone is like, "Oh my God, are your parents like from Britain or something?" I don't even know how they came up with that name. Like genuinely, so my name's just London. I mean, I guess it's cool. It's better than what they almost named me. So. Okay, now I gotta ask, what did they almost name you? They almost named me Haley. Ooh, burns all the Haley's out there. <laughs> I mean, no beef to any of the Haley's. Like, I know some cool ones, but it just doesn't really fit me per se. Um, I, my mom was set on naming me that until literally like the ninth month of her pregnancy, and she was like, "Nah." This Helena Haley. So she just came over London, and here we are. And if your name's London and your mom, you know, got you the Clash t-shirts. London the Clash, Calling. London Calling. I, I had think that I shirt, yeah. <laughs> I thought I was so cool. I was. Uh, that, you were know, cool. That was cool. That yeah. was very cool. Okay. <laughs> Well, Planet Vertical, uh, you know, I don't want to take up too much of your time. You know, uh, I hope you have a great night. And, you know, one, once again, just thank you so much for doing this interview. It was great to meet you and it was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I was ecstatic when you texted me. Like, I told all my friends, all my family, I was like, guys, people actually care about me. Like, people actually care about what I had to say. And so, like, they're all sitting downstairs, like, eager for me to go tell them what happened. They're actually probably listening. And obviously, it makes no sense to them because they can only hear me. But <laughs> they're all they're looking forward to listening right. to it. They're, they're stalking. Oh, 100%. <laughs> right. Well, you know, thank you so much, Pan Vertigo. It was a blast. And, you know, um, where can listeners find you? Where can they find your music and your social media? Um, I'm just on Instagram at Plan of Vertigo. Um, I'm on Apple Music, uh, Spotify. My songs are on Instagram and TikTok. It's also on YouTube. Um, and I think Pandora, not 100% sure. Um, but yeah, pretty much anywhere that people nowadays listen to music, it's on there. Amazing. Well, thank you, Planet Vertigo. Once again, thank you very much. And thank you, the listener, for listening to this episode of The Kruger Dissection. To show your support, make sure to share this episode online, leave a five-star review, and subscribe to stay up to date with future episodes. You can find my social media as well as Planet Vertical's social media in the podcast description below. My name is Edwin, and I will see you guys next time.
Deuces. Deuces.